Today's daf is daf Tzadi Zion. However, we are still back on Tzadi Vav Amud Aleph. Um, Amar of Papa, right after the Tekuv. It's about uh, 10 lines from the bottom of Tzadi Vav Amud Aleph. Now we're going back to some of the laws of Shinui. Remember we said that if a person steals an item and there is a significant change that occurs while in his possession to the item, so we're going to see exactly what's defined as a significant change. But if there is, then he then acquires the item and he pays based on what the value of the item was at the time of when he stole. But if there has been no significant change in the item, then he is required and in certain case actually is able to say to the owner, this is yours, this is not mine, this is yours and you need to take it back. Now whether or not in certain uh, cases he's going to have to supplement a devaluation that might have occurred, that's already a discussion that, that, that's subject to some, some clarification, some discussion. But let's go on. That's what we're discussing over here. So I'm going to a person stole a palm tree from his friend and he chopped it down. And even though he went and now he took the palm tree and somehow he's able to plant it back into his own field, the roots regenerate or something along those lines, Lo Kani still has not acquired the item. My time, what's the reason? Because it hasn't changed. His actions did not cause the change of how this item is referred. It's still referred to as a palm tree, which means it's still considered to be the original owner's, and the original owner has a right to repossess the tree itself, and it is the, and, and, the, and the thief does not have a right to say, well, here's money, take the money. No, if the owner wants the item, he's able to say, I want the item, because, again, even though... He, it looks like he did a major, he, he chopped it down and he even changed location. Doesn't matter. It's still called a palm tree and it's still uh, the owner the, has a right to claim that tree itself. Uh, Dikla, now let's say a palm tree was stolen for Abed Guvi and it was chopped into logs. Also low cunning, even though you might think that's a huge change. No, it still doesn't actually change the uh, item in essence, why? Because it seems that the name, it's not just the action, but the name plays a big part. And since these are called palm tree logs, the name palm tree has not been lost to it. It's still called logs of a palm tree, so therefore it still belongs to the original owner. Gubi, let's say he stole logs, and then he made them into beams. So then, Connie, that already is a significant enough change that he would acquire because people don't refer to them as palm tree beams. They're just called beams. So then his action changed the essence and even the name of the item. It goes from being palm tree locks to being ready, just regular beams. That's a shinui, and therefore that shinui is Connie. He only has to pay him because he does not give back the beams. All right. Continues. Let's say he stole large beams and he went and resized them into smaller beams. He still, that what his actions did do not change the essence. That at the end of the day, they're just gone from being called large beams to small beams, but they're still beams. What he stole is still called what he, what he has, it's still called what he stole. So therefore, it's not low. However, 
Avdino Ketsutsaiso, if he took these beams and he made them into boards. So like I guess uh, a beam is a certain uh, thickness. He went and he sliced them and made them into boards. That's Kani, because people don't refer to it as beams anymore. They call it boards. That action changes not only the essence, but even how it's defined. That's considered to be a, uh, a Shinoi that he is Kona. Amarova. Haiman de Gazaluliva the Avde Hutsi. Person stole a palm branch, a lulav, and he turned it into Hutsi. Hutsi means he ripped the leaves off. So he turned the palm branch into leaves. All right? Says the, says the, says Rava, Kani has acquired him. Because initially it's called a lulav, which is a branch, and now he turned into hutsi, into leaves, so therefore he is Kona. Now what if hutsi, he stole the leaves, and he turned it into a broom, right? Kani, he acquires. Now here you need the Rishonim, Rashi speaks it out. The Rishonim speaks out. If all he did was he took these leaves and tied it around a stick, that wouldn't be considered to be a major shinui. Because why? Because you can go ahead and untie them and you're back to your leaves. But, but the Rishonim, Rashi explains that the way they used to make the, the broom is we know every lulav leaf is actually a double leaf. Every lulav leaf is a double leaf. And well, the way they made the brooms is they split the double leaves in half. They pulled them apart, split them apart, and then they tied them around a stick and made them into a broom. Now, that cannot be reversed. You cannot take the, 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 the single leaves that you split from the double leaf and put it back into being a double leaf. That's considered to be a significant change, both in the act and in the name. So my timer, so the, I'm sorry, let's read the one. So therefore, uh, because Mikara Hutsi, because initially there were leaves, now you've made it into a broom, as we explained, which has a significant change that cannot be reversed. However, Chufya, let's say you stole a broom, Va'avdi Sharshura, and what you did was you stole, you, you undid the, uh, the, 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 the you, you untied the broom, and you took the leaves and made it into a rope. Now, it's two different names. One's a broom, one's a rope. But Loikani, you don't acquire. Why? Why, if it's a completely different name, don't you acquire it when you took the leaves from the broom and made it into a rope? My timer. Because you can unravel, you can untie the rope, and then it goes back to being able to be a broom. So that's not considered to be, if it's reversible, then that's not considered to be a shinui. All right. Boy, Rava. Now this actually got a hilcha sukkah. Uh, we're talking about over here that a person stole a lulav and it was, sukkus, uh, it was around sukkahs. And you, you, the, the change that you did, the question is that you did a significant enough change that disqualified it. So this person cannot use it anymore. It goes from being a lulav to just being a branch. So the question we're discussing is what has to happen to disqualify it that the shinoi should be a valid shinoi, that it's kona, and you cannot go back to the guy and says, take back your lulav. So what happened over here? So boy, Rava, nichluku hatayomis mahu. There's many different sheets as exactly what the nichluku, the division, dividing of the twin leaf is, but the way uh, Rashi explains as follows. If you look at a lulav, there's a spine. You trace that spine all the way up to the top, you will see there's one leaf that comes out at the top of that spine. That's when we check the top of the lulav to see that it's not split. It's that one leaf we're looking at to see did it split or not. 
So what you did was you went and you split that middle leaf. Now the question is, does the splitting of the middle leaf, whether it's majority, whether it's all of it, whether it's a few tvachim, whatever the shear is, does that disqualify? If that disqualifies the lulav, then that's a significant change. And then in such a case, you cannot say to the guy, take back your lulav, I don't owe you any money. Right? But we need to know, does that disqualify? If it doesn't really disqualify the lulav, then it's not really a significant change. Then you could say to the guy here, take back your lulav. That's the question. So what it says as follows. So, If that twin leaf that, that comes out of the top of the spine was split, you, the, the, the ganav split it into two. What's the halacha? So, Toshima, come and listen. To Amar. He says that what is a disqualification is if that middle leaf is completely removed. If you pull out that middle leaf, you take it out completely, that disqualifies the lula from being able to use for a mitzvah on sukkahs. So the Gemara wants to infer, so therefore you see that that middle leaf is significant. So my love, who So therefore, the same thing should be that if it's split all the way, if it's split completely, or whether you pulled it out, the chorus should make no difference. Either way, that disqualifies. Our shaila was if the thief split the middle leaf, the majority of it, all of it, does it disqualify the lulav and then could constitute a significant change? The answer should be yes. On that, the Gemara says no. Maybe nitla shani. Maybe removing the leaf is different. Because the because now the lulav is actually no longer intact. When you split the middle leaf, even though you split it, but at least all of the components are still there. When you remove the middle leaf, that's worse because now that middle leaf is no longer there. That's chaser. That means it's missing. There's something missing from the lulav. So therefore, you have no raya. It could be that it disqualified is if the leaf is removed, whereas split does not disqualify, and therefore it's not considered to be a shinu that's kona. But there's another version as to what Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said. Toshima, come and listen. To Amar Rav Masun, Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Rav Masun said in the name of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Nechlaka to Yomas, that if the thief went and split the middle leaf, Nasakmisha Nitla, it's as if the whole leaf is removed. Splitting equates to having the whole thing being removed. And it's possible disqualifies. So Shmami enough. From here we see that if that is something that is done by the Ganev, if he split it himself into two, it's as if it's been removed. It disqualifies it. It, subs- it, it therefore constitutes a major shinui in this lulav, and you will not be able to give it back to the owner. Let's go weiter. All right, Amarav Papa. Haiman de Gazel Afra, a person who stole soil, earth, from a from from his friend, for Avdalavinta, and he baked it into a brick. So you basically you start you stole soil and you made from the soil you made a brick. Does that constitute a shinui, a significant enough change? Clearly it's got a different name. So is that enough change that you can keep the brick and just pay him for the soil? So much as like Kani. Says Rav Papa, you don't acquire it. Why? Because that brick can be crumbled. And what happens when you crumble that brick? It goes back to being soil. So therefore, look honey, my time, what's the reason? Because you can reverse it. You can make it go back to being soil. Levinta, let's say the other way around. Now this is fascinating. Levinta, if you stole a brick, you stole a brick 
And then what happened was, Ba'avda Afre, then under, the thief went and crumbled it into soil. All right? Ma, so what's the halacha there? Does, the, does he have to pay for the value of the brick? Or can he, or, or can he say to the, the owner, this is your brick? Ah, it's not in the same form anymore, but, is it, but, but you can take it back. Maybe you could say here too, it could be reversed. Maybe the fact that he took the brick, made it into soil, the soil can go back and be made back into a brick. So maybe it is a reversible scenario. And therefore maybe either the owner wants it back or he can give it back to him. But maybe it's not considered to be a shinu that's kona, that the, that the thief owns the soil now because maybe the soil should be... No, doesn't work. It's Kona, he has to pay of the original value of the brick. Now, Chorus says, in my time, and what's the, what's the, Levintav Avde Afra, Kani, there he, he does acquire it. I'm sorry, there he does acquire it. Now, Ma'amad, what are you going to say? Your argument would be, is one second, why is that not reversible? How is it reversible? You can take that soil, and what can, what can you do? Make it back into a brick. You can go back and make it into a brick. So Rashi learns like this. Without the Rashi, I would have said something different. But Rashi says as follows. Rashi says that when you go and you make the brick out of the soil, it's a new brick. It's not the same brick that was stolen. Meaning it's reversible if it goes back to what it was. So therefore, if you stole a brick, if you stole soil and you made it into a brick, and then you go ahead, that, that's not Kona, why? Because you can make it into the same soil that it was. But the other way around, it doesn't work. If you stole a brick, the thief made it into soil, what are you gonna say? You can go back and bake it into a brick. If you go back and bake it into a brick, that's not the same brick that was originally. Now, why not? Why is this considered to be a different brick? Right? Why is it, so Rashi learns, because you'll never get the exact same dimensions. There's always going to be off in some level. The dimensions will be off in some level, so it'll never be the exact same brick. Therefore, you cannot say that it's been completely reversed. I would have thought, without seeing the Rashi, because the, because the brick is made up out of molecules, right? A brick is made out of the molecules. Those molecules are never going to align themselves exactly the same way as they did in the first one, and therefore, I mean, so Rashi's saying it a little more balabatish, okay, if I have a right to say that, but it means Rashi's saying is there'll never be exact same dimensions. But I, I mean, but the point is, it's a new... It, 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 it's the same thing though, right? I mean, you're just down to a, grand, you're down to a more granular level than Rashi. Right, right, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm saying is even if, you may, even if you were able to see that it's exactly the same measurement, it still okay. would be considered to be a new brick. Because the, uh, the molecule structure is not the same. Right, I'm just saying, Raj is just giving it away that maybe you can wrap your head around it easier. But the point is, therefore it's not considered, it's only considered reversible is if the process that you're reversing to results in what? The same exact item that was there to begin with, right? Okay. So that's, that's the point. It's a very it's a sophisticated thought. So the point is like this. So therefore, no. He says, uh, what are you going to say? That you're going to go now and make it into a brick again. That would be viewed as a new brick. It's a different brick. And a new face has come here. That's an expression. What does it mean a new face has come here? That means that this brick you created is a new brick. 
It's not the original brick that was there that was stolen. That's exactly. Panim Chadashas. We use that, by the way. Where do we use the expression Panim Chadashas? Do you know where? We use it by Sheva Brachas. That in order to make a Sheva Brachas, you need to have a new people there. So it's called Panim Chadashas. You need to have a new faces there. So that's the, the borrowed terminology. Okay. I'm a Rav Papa. Now, we're going to see the same idea here. Hi, man, the gozo nasko michavre. You stole a, a, uh, an ingot of silver. It means there was a blob of silver. A silver piece, right? And v'avet zuze, the thief went then and he smelted it, he melted it down and he turned it into coins. Right? Would you say that that's a permanent shinu? It's not a permanent shinu. He stole a ingot of silver. The thief made it into coins, and now the bala, the owner yeah, wants back his silver. It should be the same thing like the dirt. Then, if he brought it back into the raw silver, yeah, you can go ahead and melt it down again, right? So when I says, "Look, honey, my time. What's the reason?" Because you can go back and turn it into an ingot of silver. But the other way around, that's going to be the same thing as the reversing the brick. Let's say this, that you, you stole coins. And the thief went and melted it down. Now the owner comes wants his silver back. Can he say, give me back the, 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 the ingot of silver? I, what are you going to say? You stole coins, but I can reverse it. I can go ahead and make that into coins. No, that's not, that would not be considered reversing. Why? Yeah, same thing, right? It's not the exact same coins. It's, it's same not the same coins. Now, according to Rashi, you're going to have to say, because it's never going to come out exactly the same weight, exactly the same size. What I was saying is, even if you do it, it's going to be the molecular, molecular structure of each coin will be a different coin. That's, but, but that's what, I, but that, that's what, so, so Zuzi Abdin Anaski stole coins and he turned it into an ingot, the, the thief. But, uh, Connie, that is an acquisition. My Ahmad, what are you going to say? Hadar Avid Zuzi can go back and make them back into coins. Panim Chadash Balakan, that would be considered a new face has come here. That's considered to be a new coin. That's not the same coin. That is considered to be a new coin. Next, Shechimi. Let's say you stole old coins. They were old and they were tarnished, right? They were already blackened. Vavdinu Chadati. And you went and you polished them and you made them look like they're shiny and new. Lokani. That process is not considered to be a, 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 a process of acquisition. Why? Because if you just leave these coins for a certain amount of time, what will happen? They will go back to looking exactly like they were when you stole them. So your process is not a process that's irreversible. On the other hand, let's say charity, let's say you stole uh, brand new coins, and then you went and tarnished them. You went and you misused them and you tarnished them. Connie, in this case, that is considered to have acquired these coins. Why? Because even if you polish them, 
That's just a temporary fix. That's not making them reverse to what they were. What were they when you stole them? They were brand new coins. So even if you put a little shine on them, that doesn't make them going back to new coins. They'll never be able to reach, reach the luster and the, sta- and, and the state that they had when you stole them when they were new. So even making them look temporarily new is not a reversal to what they were. And therefore that's considered to be a permanent Kenyan. So Charetiv Avdino Shechimi, if they were new, and uh, uh, and you then tarnish them. That is Kona. The thief does acquire them. My armor, because what are you going to say? Hadar avid lehu charati that you can go back and shine them and make them look new. Made idea. It's clearly discernible even when you shine them that these are just polished coins, but they're not brand new. That like they were to make them brand new, you cannot reverse them to make them look brand new like they were, and therefore it your you what you did with them is permanently change what they are, and that would be Kona, and you cannot say to the owner, here are your coins, you have to give them new coins. Let's go weiter. The last line in the Mishnah said, Zaklal, that this is the rule. That when you rule, when you feed, when you steal, you need to make sure the compensation is of the value of what the item was at the time of the robbery. You have to read, uh, that you have to either give back the item or if the item is not in the state that it was stolen, then you have to repay based on what its value was at the time of the theft. So lay tuye mai. Says more. Whenever you use an expression, this is the general rule. What are you coming to include with this general rule? What is being introduced that is not clear from before? So tuye hada am We had this before in Maruba that to come include the ruling that was taught by Rabbi Law. Okay, we're not going to get too complicated into it. Rashi has a shita, or has a complicated shita, but we're going to keep this simple. Gone of Tleh, Venasa Ayel, you stole a lamb, and it became a ram. A ram is the two years, it goes from being an ayel, a lamb, to being a ram. It became two years old, it's a ram. It's considered to be a significant change, going from a lamb to a ram. Eagle, you stole a calf, Venasa Shor. And uh, actually, I, I got that backwards. A lamb going to a ram is 13 months. When it goes from being a lamb to being a 13-month-old, and one day, that's when it's called a ram, right? by, by an eagle, by a calf, and it be, develops into a shore, that is two years old in one day. So it goes from a calf, and by the thief, it became an ox. Nasa Shinabayodo, that's considered to be a significant change physical change within his possession. The novelty is, even though he never did anything to cause that change, this was a change that happened naturally on its own. Nonetheless, that's the Chiddush here. It is considered to be a Shinui, the Kanai, and he is considered to be like as if he is the owner of the animal. Someone says, I'll tell you what, let's say he now goes and he shechts it, or he sells it. Tavach umachar. So normally, if you steal something of a person, you shecht it and you sell it, or you, or you sell it, what's the halacha? So then you have to pay. This week's parsha. You have to pay dalit vehei. Four times or five times the item. However, in this particular situation, since a shinui happened to it, and therefore it is considered as if it's like not the original item that you stole. So when you shechted or when you sold it, you will not be chayev dalad vehei. Why will you not be chayev dalad vehei? 
Because it says if shalohu shalohu mocher. It's as if the god of or the or stole or, or sold his own item because it changed it from being in essence what it was when it was originally stolen. So it's like a new item, a new item. You're not chayv dal You're only chayv dal when it's considered to be completely the item that belongs to the original owner and not when a shinui has occurred to this item. Okay, everybody with me? As I said, Rashi has a shita here concerning how do you pay the kefal and the keren. I don't want to get into it. We've dealt with that in Meruba. Let's go weiter. Hau Gavra, there was an individual. Okay? The Gazal Padona de Sori Michavre. He stole a Padona de They used to pair up oxen in twos to do work. So he, told, he stole a team, a pair of oxen from his friend. Now what happened was, Azal Karabahu Karbo. He went and he took these two oxen that he had stolen and he plowed with them. He used them for his benefit. He used them to improve his fields. Okay? And he got, he got produce through the actions of the oxen. He was now able to plant and get produce from the field. So at the end, he was found out. So what he did was fine. I have to return the item. Okay? So therefore, Hadrino Namare, he went and he gave the oxen. His usage did not deteriorate, did not devaluate the value of the oxen. So therefore, these oxen, as is, were returned to the owner. Okay? So now, Asula Kameidra of Nachman, all right? The, the, they brought the case to Rav Nachman, who was the judge, the chief judge in Bovel. And basically, what was the question? The question was that, yes, he gave back the oxen, but in the interim, he also benefited from the oxen. I did not cause a deterioration to the oxen. So the thief is saying, I gave back what I stole. The owner is claiming what? You know, it's a piece of the action. Yeah, you use my stuff. So what it says like this, they came to Rav Nachman, Amar Lohu, he said to them, Zilu Shumu Go and evaluate what the improvements were made with these oxen. So Amale Rava, so Rava, who happened to be in that locale as well, he said to Rav Nachman, one second, what do you mean? The way he made it sound is that the entire if, uh, 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 appreciation of the land, the entire value that was land is now need to be assessed and that amount of money needs to be given back to the owner of the oxen. He says, but Rav said, I don't understand. That makes no sense. He says, what? Turi Eshbach, the only reason there was an improvement was because of the oxen alone. Aralo Eshbach, the land had nothing to do with the improvements. When, when, when you work the land, okay, fine. So now you're going to get a tree. You're going to get plants that come out of it, fruit that come out of it, grain that comes out of it. But it's not only because of the actions of the oxen. The land itself has a, plays a part in the improvements. And who owned the land? Who owned the land? The thief. The thief. thief so why should so why should the the total value of improvement be paid to the owner of the oxen? So Amar, Sir of Nachman answered, so that so Sir Rabbi asked, what the oxen caused the improvements and the land had nothing to do with it? 
So Amar, so Nachman said, Ki kamin neshaim. When I said evaluated, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that you evaluate the entire improvement and that should be paid to the, from the thief to the owner of the oxen. Palga kamina. I'm saying it should be done half. Meaning, understand, half of the improvements are because of the land and land. The half that's because of the oxen, that's what I'm saying should be paid. So again, I'm a lay. So Rav is still asked Rav Nachman, is it so, so, bottom line, right? Gezelahu, at the end of the day, it is, was an, a case of theft, right? This wasn't a lease or a business agreement. This was a theft. What does the Torah mandate when there is a theft? If you steal something from someone in order to, what's that? But then even double, let's say, let's say it could be a gzela. Let's say it wasn't even a case of double. Let's say it was a case of double. But at the end of the day, what do you have to do? You have to make sure that you give back the item to the person without there being any deterioration on it, let's say, but to give it back. That's what the guy did. Since when do we go calculate what the improvements the guy went and used it with, right? Saves of gzela, who at the end of the day, it is a theft. And therefore the item needs to be returned, and it was returned. This non, like we learned in our Mishnah, that all robbers have to pay based on what it is the time of the robbery. Either if the item is no longer here, then it's a cash payment of what it was worth, and if the item is here, then what? Then give back the item. Since when do you pay also for the improvements or the way the item was used? So Amalei, so Rav Nachman said to Rav, a uh, little difficult to hear the, 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 how, how he's saying this, but he said to him, La amina lach, have I not told you before, ki gasivna bedina, when I am, when we're not sitting and just learning chavrusa and discussing something theoretical, but when I am sitting in court and I make a judgment, lo temali midi, don't question what I'm saying. Da Amar Huna, because even our chavrin, our great friend Rav Huna, Right? Said, Aloik, said concerning me, that Anna, that I, the Shavur Malka. Shavur Malka was actually one of the Persian kings. But the Persian king, when he said something, he was Ephotin. When he says something, everybody listened. So they used to call Shmuel. Shmuel, the great Amora, they used to call him as a nickname Shavur Malka. Because anything financial, any financial matters, when Shmuel spoke, that is... That was definitive, the ruling on the law. And Rav Huna said concerning me that I am like Shmuel, I am like Shabur Malka, Achibedina, I'm like his brother in monetary cases. So therefore, so don't question why I do things. I know why I'm doing it and why am I doing it? You're right. Technically, you're right. If a guy steals and then uses the item, at the end of the day, as long as he pays back the item to its full value, that's the end of the case. Why am I adding on here that the benefits, that the improvements have to be paid as well? This is in this, it's unique to this case. It's a penalty. Why? Because this guy has a track record. This thief has a track record. This is not the first time he's doing something like this. And therefore, it's a, I am penalizing him to dissuade him from doing things like this in the future. Hi, Inish Gazlana Atikahu. This guy is a, is, a, is a habitual thief. This guy's been doing this many years. This is his, his MO, his modus operandi. That's what he does. And therefore, I need to penalize him to stop him from doing something else. Even though we said in Bavel they did not impose knossos, 
But we saw when a person is the God of Adar, so then he has a right to go ahead and do so. Okay, let's go to the next Mishnah, which we have also had before. Gazal Behema. Person stole an animal and then in the jurisdiction of the thief. Hiskino, it became old. That's considered to be a significant change in the essence of the animal. Avadim, he stole slaves. And they became old. You cannot just say, take back your slave, take back your animal. You need to pay what it's worth at the time of the theft because we look at it as this has been a significant change and therefore you're considered as if you're the owner of the slave, you're the owner of the, uh, of the animal and you cannot give it back to the guy. What do you have to do? You have to do a, a cash replacement of what this was when, what the thief was worth or what the animal was worth when, at the time when it was stolen. That is the Tanakama because these are considered to be significant changes in the essence and the function of the item that was stolen. Rav Meir says as follows. We discussed Rav Meir earlier in the, in, in the chapter as well. I disagree in the case of slaves. In the case of slaves, you are able to say, take back your slave. Rashi explains, is Rav Meir considers avodim like karka. So what if avodim are considered to be, and Evercanine is considered like land? Real estate cannot be stolen. There's no kinyonic zela. The real estate always is considered to be the property of the owner, never becomes the property of the thief. And therefore, if real estate is equitable to, or slaves are equitable to real estate, then the same thing applies by a slave. Now what happens if the slave, therefore, is never owned by the thief? Any changes that occur to the slave are considered still in the jurisdiction of the owner. And if they're considered in the jurisdiction of the owner, Therefore, this thief can say, take back your item. That's the position of Rav Meir. So he disagrees in the case of the slave. Right, but he does agree in the case of animals that you cannot say it's been a change. Now the thief owns it. That he's going to have to cash, pay cash for what it was worth at the time of the theft. Now, let's say you stole a coin and the coin developed a split. It got a crack, okay? Or payros, or you stole fruit, and they rotted. Yain, you stole wine, and they soured. They became vinegar. That's considered to be a significant change, a physical change in the item itself, which is significant. You cannot give back the item, and therefore you have to pay cash what it was worth at the time of the theft. However, let's say you stole a coin and nothing, not, nothing physically happened to it, but it became disqualified. Then we'll discuss the scope of this disqualification, meaning it is no longer in, what's the expression? Um, circulation. Somehow it became disqualified from circulation. We'll see the extent of how disqualified it became. But nevertheless, nothing physically happened to it. All right? Truma, you stole Truma, and it became Tomate, coming to contact with a dead Sheretz. Okay? Looks exactly the same, but a Kohen is not allowed to eat it anymore, all right? And nobody else is allowed to eat it, it has to be burned. Chametz, if you stole, chametz, you stole a guy's 24 bottles of prime whiskey and you held on to it 
till after Pesach. What happens? Avalava Pesach, it no longer can be benefited from. But there's no physical looks exactly the way it was before Pesach as well. Or behema, you stole a behema and it's and an, a, a, a sin was done with it. Rashi says either somebody served it for Avarazara or somebody committed an act of bestiality in, in front of one aid. So one aid, you've got to take the, uh, it, it can affect the isser of it. You can't bring it on the Mizbeach anymore. We don't execute it because it cannot be executed with only one aid. But nevertheless, there's no physical discernment in the change of this, uh, these items, all right? Or let's say this is an animal that got, it developed a minor blemish. Nothing that changes the value of the item, but it is something that does not allow it to go on the Mizbeach anymore, but not every animal has to go on the Mizbeach. Or maybe what happened was that this animal now uh, did something, it killed somebody, it, it did something that now if they take it with two aid, they're taking it out to be stoned. And you able to get hold of that animal before they could stone it, and you now owed the, you stole that animal, and now you go back to the owner and you say, this is yours, take it back, you could give it back. Ah, you're giving him back something now that cannot be used really, but bottom line is, since there's no discernible shinui, it's considered to be a hezek she'en a nikr, it's a damage which is not discernible, so therefore, you're not one of the 36 tzaddikim of the world, but lemaisa, and in Shemaim, you might even be chayim still, but in Beis Din, you have given back the item that you took. So, omer lo cha lefanecha. So if there's something physical that was done to the item, we're holding to the, the mission of the tzaddikim of Beis. But if something physical was done to it, so then you can't give it back, but if it's something that was only legally or halachically done to it, but it's not anything that's just physically discernible, then you can still say to the person, even if it would be, seem to be something that he cannot use, you can still say, Okay. Says the more as follows. Now we start in the Gemara right after the Mishnah. Amar of Papa. When the Mishnah says that if you stole an animal and it became age, aged, so then you cannot give it back to the person. It doesn't actually have to age. What it means, even let's say the animal became sickly. The animal got sick. It doesn't have to be an age. The point is the animal became weak. The animal became degraded. You can't, that's enough of a significant change. So it doesn't have to be something that specifically because it was age caused. It could be anything else. And it could be something that happened, the animal got sick. So what it says like this, but the Mishnah says aged. If you're telling me it could be anything that causes degrading of the animal, that could be a significant change. So why is it used the case of aging? So what it says like this, is that what's telling you is that degrading has to be like it was aged. What is unique about aging, as much as we want, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, as much as we want to reverse the effects of aging, cannot be reversed. So too, when is it considered to be a significant change when the animal becomes sickly or weak? When it's the type of change in the animal that cannot be reversed. So therefore, just as aging cannot be reversed, that means it cannot become healthy again. That has to be a permanent degrading of the animal. The following was said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. 
Right? Now, we had it before in the name of Rabbi Law, which is the right, we're going to see that's the right way. But he said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that even if you stole a lamb, and became a ram, which is a natural change. Eagle, you stole a calf, and became an ox. It's as if a change has happened in the jurisdiction of the thief. And he's cornered, even if it's not something that he himself caused. But nevertheless, it's a Kenyan. And therefore, at that point, if he goes and he slaughters or he sells it, he'll not have to pay dollar vehay because it's no longer considered stealing or selling the item of the owner. It's considered stealing or selling his own item. And therefore, and you're not chayv dollar vehay. So, Amar Lei, so Rav Ashi said back to Markashisha, he said, Love. Uh, have I not told you this many times before? Gavri, be careful with the names when you quote things. Do not switch the names. Because that was not said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. That was said in the name of Rabbi Loi. Rabbi Meir, Omer, so we had a machlok as the Mishnah. Rabbi Meir says, the Tanakhama, the Chachamim say that if you stole either a, an animal or you stole a slave and the animal or the slave aged, or as we learned, or something happened that caused a degrade, degrade, degrading uh, of their state. So you, you, uh, the Tanakhama says, you, can, you cannot say anymore back to the owner, here's your animal, here's your slave, and you have to pay them the cash value, what it was worth at the time of the stealing, because that shinui makes it like as if it's yours, and, you, and, the, and the owner does not have to take it back anymore, because now you can demand cash. Rabbi Meir disagreed in the case of slave, because he said a slave is considered like karka, and since a slave is considered like karka, just as karka cannot be stolen, therefore a slave cannot legally be stolen, and therefore any changes that occur is still considered to be in the jurisdiction of the owner, and therefore you can say back to the owner, Hareishel Chalafanecha. So that was the machlok. So Rabbi Meir Omer, he says the halacha is like Rav Meir, that an evidence is considered to be like Karka. Now, the Rav, now the Rav said in the name of Rav. So the one who wants to know, the Rav Shavik Rabbon, Ravid Kurabi Meir, why would Rav take, leave the majority opinion of the Chachamim who said that you could say in the slave, uh, that you can't say in the case of slave, take back the slave, and Paskin like Rav Meir? So why would Rav, Rav Paskin like Rav Meir over, uh, over the Chachamim? So Amri's, the Bnei Yeshiva, answered, Mishum, because Rav had a Braiso. It's a Masorah from his Rebbeim, and the Masorah that he had from his Rebbeim was the other way around, that it was the Chachamim that said that you can say in the case of an Eved, because an Eved is like Karka, take back the Eved even though it's aged, and just by, a, by the animal you can't say it. And it was Rameir said you could, that you can't say it by either. So therefore, that's why Rav Paskin like Rav Meir, because in Rav's version of the Brysa, Rav Meir is the one that says what we had in our Mishnah in the name of the Chachamim. So really, he is agreeing with the Chachamim. He's just saying it like Rav Meir, because he had the sheet switched around uh, in, in the Brysa. So Gemara says like this. So Gemara says, Mishum, the, uh, the Brysa, Ifchotanya. Uh, that because Raisa, in the Brisa, Rav had it switched around. That's the Masori he had from his Rabbein. Asks one of the obvious question. When you have a version in a Mishnah and you have a version in a Brisa, which one is considered to be primary? Mishnah. So why is he following the version of the Brisa as opposed to following the Mishnah. version of the Mishnah? 
So more Rav Shavik Matnis and Rav Kebraisa, would Rav is leaving the Mishnah to rule like a Braisa? Kebraisa says, Matnis inami ipcha. I mean, Rav had it switched around in the Mishnah as well. Ipcha tani. He read it. All right. So Gemara says like this. The Gemara uh, says, Rav had it switched around in the Mishnah too. Now the Gemara, said, the Gemara assumed what it's saying is, well, since Rav had it switched around the Braisa, he also switched around the Mishnah. Gemara says, that's still difficult. Why would you switch around the Mishnah based on the... So what we're saying is, he's not that he ruled of the Mishnah over the Brisa. He's that consistent. But why do you switch around the Mishnah? Because the Brisa, what right do you have to switch around the Mishnah because you found an opposite in the Brisa? So the Mora says like this, What's the reason for Rav? The Apech Matnissa, he switched around the Mishnah, became a Brisa, because, uh, because of the power of the Brisa. Other Rav, if anything, Nebuchadnezzar Brisa, switch around the Brisa, became a because of the Mishnah. The Mishnah is one way. Switch the Brisa to conform with the Mishnah. Not switch the Mishnah to conform with the Brisa. So Amri Rav Nami Matnisin Ipcho Asnaisa. So Asnaya. The one is going to give two answers. The first answer is that no, Rav actually, in his Mesora, even of the Mishnah, it wasn't that he was taught opposite in the Brisa, only in the Mesora, right? He actually also, his Mesora of the Mishnah was taught the other way around. So therefore, it's not that he's switching the Mishnah because of the Brisa, the same way as he had the Mesorah switched around in the Brisa, he also had that Mesorah switched around in the Mishnah. That's one answer. Ebois Amen, no. Actually, Rav had the Mishnah the way we had the Mishnah. Right, so why is he ruling like the Brisa over the Mishnah? Because Rav found a second Brisa. That's one thing to say if a Mishnah and Brisa are going head to head, that you're going to go with the Mishnah over the Brisa. But if you have two Brisas that already conform, against the Mishnah, two prices are stronger than one Mishnah, okay? So now, what it says, Enam, Ibois Emma, another answer is, Kiloi Apich, when don't you switch around the Mishnah for a Brisa, Chadamekechada, when it's one against one. But Chadamekamei, Tarti, when it's one against two, April he would switch it around. Where do we see a second Brisa that, that supports the Brisa version as opposed to the Mishnah version? We see like this. Now we're going to show basically that in the Bryce of the first version, we said that it was the Chachamim that said land is considered like Karka. That means that, 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 that made Evid is considered like Karka. As opposed to our Mishnah, was Rameir who said that an Evid is considered like Karka. We're going to saw a second Bryce that also says the Chachamim Shita is that an Evid is considered to be like Karka. So since we had two Bryce that said an Evid is considered like Karka, that's how he ruled, which in our Mishnah was Rameir Shita, but he held the Bryce's version is more correct than our Mishnah's version, and that's going to be the Chachamim. Shita, that land is considered to be, uh, that, that Evan is considered like Karka, and, and, and therefore, we, even though it comes out passing like Rav Meir now Mishnah, he holds you know, for the Bryce's version is correct. The Sanya. Hamachlif Parabachamras. Let me speak this out. The case over here is the bartering going on, okay? The seller, Ruvain, wants to sell his pregnant cow. He has a cow, which happens to be pregnant. He wants to sell it to buy a donkey. All right? Now, so he wants to sell his cow to buy a donkey. So now what happens is that as, long, as soon as one of the parties does a physical act to one of the item, automatically the other, the other item, even before the other person has done a physical act, belongs to the other person. So in our case, let's say Ruben is the seller. He has the pregnant cow. Shimon is... Also, he's a buyer, but what he's using to buy the pregnant cow is, is his donkey. Reuven goes and does Meshicha. 
Reuven does Meshicha on the donkey. Okay? Now, they go to the barn to get the cow, to give the cow to the Shimon. And Mazel Tov, we have a baby cow, a calf. Now, the question here is, when did the calf, did the calf get birthed? If it got birthed before the sale, it still belongs to Ruvain. If it got birthed after the sale, it belongs to Shimon. Similar case, okay? In the case of an Evid, a Shifra, I'm buying a Shifra that happens to be pregnant. By Shifra, since you can use Kesef to buy a Shifra, I gave the money for the Shifra. When I went to get the Shifra, baby was already born. Again, the question becomes, right. when did the money transfer? Because at that point, well, if the baby's still part of the mother, then you own the baby. If the baby was born before, then you only bought the mother, you didn't buy the baby. Same exact Shiloh in both cases. So now, let's read inside. Hamachli para becham, a person switching a cow for a donkey. The Yalda, and then they found out that the cow gave birth already. Somebody selling his maidservant. The Yalda, and after, after the money transferred, they found that the baby was already born. But now the seller, the seller of the cow, or the seller of the shifra is saying, I know for a fact, I checked before the sale and the baby had already been born. So he's a bari. He's claiming that I know for sure. Now what about the buyer? The Valo Shosek. The buyer says, I don't know. I can't, I don't. So the aloha is that it's a bari against the Shema. The sure. bari, you believe the bari. So therefore, Zachabo. So he's able to hold on to the baby cow or the baby Evan. But he does have to make sure. What's that? There's no shvur sure right now because we're not. It's not. There's not. There's no claim against him. The other guy doesn't have a claim. The guy was quiet. Okay. Now, now let's say each party says we don't know what happened. So the tana of this bra, of the of, of, of this brisa holds yachloku. So they split 50-50 on the calf, 50-50 on the evid. Okay, take the top half. I'll take the bottom half. Whatever it is, they have to split it 50-50. Now. Let's say each one has a claim. I'm saying I know for a fact it was before the sale. And the other one's saying is I know for a fact it was after the sale. Now Yeshua comes into play. Why? Because we know there's halach. If I say, Johnny, you owe me $1,000. All right? And you say, no, I only owe you $500. That's motive and us. So the rule is that when there's a motive mix us in a Torah, when you admit to part, you have to make an oath to, ex- uh, to exempt yourself on the other half, right? That's the halacha. So here too, ostensibly is the same thing because basically you're claiming you owe me a cow plus a baby, which let's say is worth $1,000. I'm saying I only owe the cow, which means I only owe you $750. So, you're, so basically I'm admitting to part of what your claim is. So therefore, in, if following the, the rule of the Torah of Motiv and Mixus Tainan Yeshava, the person who the claim is, got, is coming against, which is the seller, he can make the oath that what he knows, you can't swear, that's why it can't be in a case where he doesn't know what happened. Right. He can swear, I know what happened, right. and then he's, he's believed not to have to pay the other part. And that's what happens over here. So therefore, the seller gets to swear, that it gave birth 
in his domain prior to the sale having taken place, because that's the way all oaths work in the Torah, they swear not to have to pay. Rabbinical oaths are the other way. Rabbinical oaths you can swear to collect. But Torah oaths are you swear not to pay. So nishbain below mishalmin. Now this is all the opinion of Rav Meir. What did the Chachamim say? One second. Chachamim how can there be an oath on a shifcha? A shifcha kananis is considered like karka, and we don't swear on karka. This is a second price that shows that the Chachamim are the ones that say we compare our voting to karka, not Rav Meir. That's the second price that Rav used to say why his version of the prices is the correct version and not the Mishnah. So Chachamim Oimrim, Zemar says like this, that you cannot swear on the Avodim, just as you cannot swear on Karka. So now, says more fine. We understand, uh, uh, we understand what Rav is saying. Rav is saying is that he has two versions that show that it's the Chachamim Shita that holds that an Evid's like a Karka. But then why did Rav say the Halacha is like Rav Meir? Rav should have said the Halacha is like the Chachamim, because you're telling me that's the Chachamim Shita, not Rav Meir. So why did he say the Halacha is like Rav Meir? So for Egdemar, V'hayah look Rav Meir, Halok Rav Meir, V'hayah What Rav was telling uh, the, the thing, that the, according to your version that you say it's going like Rav Meir, the Halacha is going like Rav Meir. I actually hold the halach is going like the Chachamim, but he's couching it in that the halach is like Rav Meir according to the version that you have that that is Rav Meir's shita. That's all Rav was saying. He says, The way that you have in the Mishnah that it's reversed, so therefore it comes out that you have to learn that the halach is going like Rav Meir. But it's not actually going like Rav Meir because it's going like the Chachamim because I have in the Brisa the other way around. Now the Gemara is saying is that comes out Rav held the like the Chachamim that an Evid is considered like Karka. Says is that really Rav's position? Again, Amar Rav is the critical pointer. If Daniel Baratina said in the name of Rav, Halacha is as follows. Now, let me let me explain something here that is going to be very important to understand. There's a difference in in, in when you steal, you consider to have made Kinyonim. When I lease, I also make a Kenyan. But there's a difference between leasing and renting or stealing. What's the difference? When I steal, I now own it, but what I have to pay is whatever its value was when I stole it. Now, if nothing has happened to the item to degrade its value, then I give back the item. Something has happened to the item to degrade its value, I have to pay. But I never pay for usage. Whether I used it or did not use it, is immaterial because I don't pay. A Ganev does not pay for the usage of the item. He just pays for what a value of it, what it was when a time was stolen. If you rent, it's the other way around. When you rent, you're not paying based on what it was at the time when you rented it because if your usage degrades it, but it's a normal usage, that, that's what you're paying because you're paying for usage. You're not paying based on what it was at the time of the value. So there's a huge difference between whether you view it as a theft or you view it as a rental or as a lease. So now what happened over here is as follows. A person went and seized the Eved that belongs to his neighbor, okay? And he worked it. Potter, he does not have to pay for the working of the Eved because again, if he is a thief, 
If he is a thief, then what's going to be the halacha? He owes then he, he owes the value when he stole it. He owes the value of when it was when he stole it. Now, ask the Gemara Gavaldik Akasha. If an Eved is considered by Karka, that you can't have Kinyan Akzela in an Eved, so therefore, since you cannot have Kinyana in Akzela, we should not look at it as if you are a Goslin. Your usage of it, you should be paying. For the usage. For the usage. So therefore, what do you see? That we don't consider an Eved like Karka. That's the Gemara's question. So Gemara says like this. So therefore, uh, it's Potter. Now, Isakadah, I have to come Karkai, dummy. Am I Potter? Why are you Potter? And we will have to stop. I leave here at a